from uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. Hello again, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast. I am your host, Alyssa Carroll, and I'm the creator of at serial underscore killing on Instagram, where we go through the life stories of serial killers to see if we might catch a glimpse of why they displayed their famous vile and disturbing behaviors. So this week on the Serial Killing Instagram page, our subject was Yang Zinghai. This one was a bit difficult to research because, I mean, there really isn't a lot of information about him or his family. Basically nothing about his childhood or possibly any family mental illness, child abuse, neglect, head injuries, severe bullying, not a lot of boxes to tick, nothing to give us any idea as to why he was able to commit these murders like he did or why he did. We basically only know where he was from and how many people he killed. But what is obvious from the information available was that he was brutal and bloodthirsty, taking great pleasure in using a hammer, shovel axe, butcher knife. He used these to bash his victims' heads in beyond recognition. So Yang Xinghai was born on July 29, 1968 in Zhenyang County, Henan, which is in eastern China. I hope I didn't butcher that. I apologize if I did. So around this time in China, the great proletarian cultural revolution was going on. It was a roughly 10-year period where there was incredible social and political unrest caused by Mao Zedong who was the chairman of the Communist Party of China. So the goal was to make sure Chinese communism remained the political ideology and that any trace of capitalism and the more traditional elements from Chinese society were eliminated. In short, it was to reimpose Maoism. Now this had a hugely negative impact on China's economy as well as society as a whole. This movement spread like fire through the military the urban workers, and even teen groups got together and formed what was called the Red Guard. And they went around destroying symbols of anything that wasn't pro-communism. Unfortunately, this also included ancient artifacts and sacred grave sites. The citizens that didn't back this revolution were publicly humiliated, which in China, as we know, is a very huge deal. They were also sent to hard labor camps tortured, had their property taken, and at times they were even executed. Needless to say, Yang was born in the middle of a political and social crisis that eventually ended in 1976. So what we do know is that Yang was born the youngest of four children and also born into extreme poverty in a very, very small village. His family was the poorest in that village. The house that the family lived in was dilapidated. 
His parents described him as the most intelligent out of their children, but was also the most introverted. He didn't seem interested in interacting with the other children, and when he did, he always seemed uneasy, uncomfortable. That's about the extent of what we know of his life before he was an adult, but from what very little information there is, show no signs of him ever being abused or neglected. Both of his parents were in the picture and were described as hardworking and good-hearted. The neighbors had nothing negative to say about his parents at all. So apparently something must have happened because in 1985, when he was 18 years old, Yang suddenly dropped out of school and refused to return to his parents' house. There's no explanation as to why. His father just said he ran away from school and would not return home with him. So instead, he began traveling around the eastern provinces of China and getting work as a laborer where he could. It seemed life for Yang was going along okay, but only three short years later, he would be arrested and sentenced to work in labor camps for stealing. Now guys, these labor camps were no joke. The abbreviated name Lao Gai meant reform through labor, but it was much more than that. They weren't given very much food to eat, and what they did eat was basic bread and broth. The work was extremely difficult, basically slave labor, and this system is thought to have caused the death of millions of Chinese people. So Yang was released, and he went back to work as a laborer, but was arrested again in 1991 for theft and sent back to the labor camps again for hard labor. And there's no concrete evidence of how he spent his time during his travels around the provinces other than finding work where he could. So his adventures took a violent turn when in 1996, Yang was arrested yet again but this time sent to a maximum security prison for the attempted rape of a young girl from his home village, though he was released in 1999, which is odd because rape in China is punishable by death in most cases. But regardless, he had a serious criminal record by the time he was 31 years old. So after this release, he did meet a girl and they soon began a relationship. Her name has not ever been released and she certainly hasn't come forward. I don't blame her. But what was clear is that Yang was in love with her. They dated for a while, but once his girlfriend found out about his criminal past, especially the attempted rape of that little girl, she quickly ended the relationship. Now, whether or not this was the tipping point for Yang is still debated. But what we know is that immediately after, he began a three year long murder spree. Yang often traveled from village to village on a bicycle and he watched houses for days to determine which one would be the easiest to break into. Then on the night of September 19th, 2000, Yang walked onto a farm and broke into the home of a still unnamed married couple. The Chinese government is very reluctant to reveal the names of the victims to the press out of respect for the families, which makes sense. But while this couple slept, he crept into their bedroom and bludgeoned both of them to death with an unspecified object, quote unquote, but it was most likely a hammer. That was his preferred and favored weapon, but it could have also been an ax or a shovel. 
but both had been beaten so severely, so savagely, that it was difficult for the police to identify the remains. Yang felt like this was his much-needed release. Less than a month later, and wearing different shoes that were a different size to throw off the authorities, he broke into another home and murdered an entire family in the same fashion as the first. Only this time, he saved the wife for last. Once her husband and her children were dead, he raped her brutally before he killed her. After Yang's second set of murders, he somehow managed to either keep his urges controlled and he didn't kill anyone or he continued to kill but the murders went undetected for whatever reason. But regardless, there is no information about any murders that could be tied to him for nearly a year. Then in the fall of 2001, he entered yet another small village, broke into a house, and bludgeoned two people to death. Two months later, another attack and murder of three people, and he raped the woman before she was killed again. He wore different shoes in different sizes to throw the authorities off. He would bury, burn his clothes or throw them in the river. So, one of Yang's final murders involved a farmer named Lu Zanwei, who lived with his wife and two children, and his parents lived with them as well. So Lu was in his late 30s, and the family had somehow managed to build a new house for themselves. They hadn't yet moved into the house yet, but Lu's 68-year-old father had decided to sleep in the new house for one night that night which was December 6, 2002. Yang entered the house of the unsuspecting family around midnight, and he struck each member of the family in the head and face multiple times with a hammer, causing the immediate death of Lou, his wife, his young son, and his young daughter. The crime scene photos are brutal, and I caution anyone who goes to look for them. Just warning you. Lou's mother survived the night with severe injuries, but could do nothing but bat her eyelids. She finally succumbed to her injuries in a hospital 10 days later. The only member of the family who survived the massacre was Lou's father, simply because he was sleeping in the new house and was not with the rest of the family on that night. His father later recalled the heart-wrenching sight of his granddaughter lying in a pool of her own blood with a large hole in her head. The house, the whole house, was soaked in the blood of his family. So for Yang, on and on his massacres went. He killed entire households and left a crime scene that would turn the stomach of any seasoned police officer. If there were females in the home, he would most likely rape them before he killed them, and pregnant women were a treat. But the men and children were always killed first. He wandered from village to village, picking homes at random in the dark at night. He was very careful to get rid of whichever weapon he used to make sure that he got rid of the clothes and the shoes so that he would remain undetected. And he continued his rape and murder, got away with it for three years until November 3rd, 2003. 
The Chinese authorities were desperate to find the person responsible for the murders, but they were struggling desperately to find witnesses or clues as to who it might be. But luckily one night, the police just happened to be doing routine inspections of local businesses when they entered a recreation center. Not quite a nightclub, but you get the idea. They noticed a man acting suspicious, so they approached him, began questioning him, but noticed he was acting nervous. They took him to the police station for questioning, but quickly found out that he was wanted for murder in four other local provinces. So he was immediately arrested and a DNA sample was obtained, which matched DNA left at many of the crime scenes. They also discovered during the lab work that he had at some point contracted HIV from one of his victims. So the question was, which one? but there was no way to determine that, so he potentially infected others that were lucky enough to survive his attack, which were few and far between. What is interesting about Yang is that he never hesitated to tell the truth. From the beginning, he confessed to a total of 65 murders, 23 rapes, and 10 physical assaults that resulted in grievous bodily injury. Survivors were extremely rare. He boasted that he loved bludgeoning people to death and his favorite weapon was a hammer, but he even used a meat cleaver on the Zanwei family. As far as his method, he was compared to another very notable serial killer, Richard Ramirez, who also chose his victims randomly, broke into their houses silently, and killed them in a similar manner. So the reason the information is so scarce in this case is due to the fact that there was a media blackout with regards to coverage. Therefore, the people in China were largely unaware of his crimes. There was an outcry from the local citizens of concern as to why there was no information given to the public, which might have saved some of his victims' lives. Yang was quoted as saying, quote, when I killed people, I had a desire to kill more. This inspired me to kill more. I don't care whether they deserve to live or not. It is none of my concern. I have no desire to be a part of society. Society is not my concern. He told another inmate in prison that, quote, killing people is very usual. It's nothing special. His trial on February 1st, 2004 lasted all of one hour and he was found guilty of intentional homicide, willful and malicious injury, pillage, and rape. He declined any possible appeals and was immediately sentenced to death. So on February 14th, 13 days after his trial, he was executed by a gunshot to the back of his head. Yang Zhenghai was, at that time, China's most prolific serial killer. He stated plainly that he would have never stopped killing had he not been caught. So, what we have here is a man who seemed to have no empathy for his victims, who he did choose at random. While there has not been any official diagnosis with regard to mental illness, it does appear that he could have been a classic psychopath. What do you think? 
you can leave me comments on the Instagram page at serial underscore killing. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Music by Kevin MacLeod on Incompetech.com.